You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We take a look at the 2023 Chiefs schedule, pick the games we're most excited to watch, and the hype train is off and running for one rookie. With Nick Schwer, I'm Kayla Canaram, and it's always game day in Kansas City. For, for, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, game it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Canaram and Nick Schwert. I know you've been out and about tonight. Have you seen the Titans release? Have you seen any of the release videos? And specifically, have you seen the Titans <laughs> one? Because it made me cry laugh. Did they were they interviewing someone on Broadway? I was quickly going through Twitter on my Uber ride back home. <laughs> they interviewed a bunch of people on Broadway, the typical type of people you would see on Broadway in Nashville, who are not your Bachelor uh, diehard. They're not your diehard NFL fans. So that's how they went by each logo. They showed them the logo and they had to name the team. And it oh. was so funny because they just, I mean, the, some of the answers that these different people gave for the logos, like somebody saw the um, somebody saw the Bengals logo and they thought it was the Boston Bobcats. I wouldn't even know what that is. These, the, these, this are- bachelorette party was adamant. They were like, they, they don't show you the logo on screen. And so they they show it off screen, and these four girls they're screaming. They're like, "Oh, that's cowboy Texas Cowboys Cowboys!" And they're all like in agreement, like, "Yeah, yeah, Cowboys Cowboys!" And then they flash the logo, and it's the Indianapolis Colts logo. Oh my gosh, that's it's actually so a brilliant idea. It's so good. It's I so did good. see something the uh, Chargers put out about our fugitive friend, Chiefsaholic, still on the <laughs> still loose, still a my Really? So we have not found and we have no idea where his whereabouts are. No, this is actually funny. Uh, we were doing a remote a couple of weeks ago and a listener of the show is a U.S. Marshal. And Let's he go. came by this and he came by the table and we were talking about Chiefsaholic. <laughs> and he said, the thing is, they're not dedicating any manpower to catch this guy. This isn't like. Tommy Lee Jones going after Wesley Snipes. This is a guy who like is maybe he's wanted, but they're not like sending every single U.S. Marshal all across the Midwest and the country to track this guy down so they can get him detained. He's not exactly a top priority right now. Right, that makes sense. But the story lives on. The story's good enough. I don't want to ruin a good story. I can't wait for this to become a documentary at some point. Oh, I hope be, he's still be, alive. Like I hope he's still with us. Well, gosh, that that now now that's a bit of a <laughs> that's a bit of a bummer. He's good. He listen. This man is a mastermind criminal, and you're right. It'll be like a good six episode Netflix docu series. Can't wait for that one. 
Oh, it's going to be great. I, and the thing is, like, he probably has no idea how famous he is now, right? Do we think he's, like, scrolling social media and being like, wow. Oh, yeah, he knows. I'm everywhere. He knows. I think he's well aware of his fame. Like, the freaking Chargers are talking about him for their schedule release. Oh, yeah. The legend, the legend grows. The legend grows. And so is the Chiefs legend that's going to grow this upcoming season, Nick. Schedule release time is here. Let's go. We've taken a gander over it. What is your initial reaction? What do what sticks out? What do we like? There's a lot to choose from. I think the biggest thing that stands out is one noon game. One normal noon game. I'm not counting the Christmas Day game against the Raiders because it's on Christmas Day, which is a Monday this year. There is one noon Sunday kickoff, which has got to be great for you being on the West Coast, meaning only Ugh, one 10 a.m. kick for you this year. So that's early. Jaguars in week two. I was kind of surprised it's the Jags, just since you know they faced them in the playoffs, Trevor Lawrence, but I guess they don't quite have that cachet yet, and Jacksonville is not exactly one of the most rabid fan bases in the country. But just one right. noon kickoff all year which is the most obvious way to, to show you that the NFL, they want to put the Chiefs on their biggest broadcasts as much as possible. Yep. The NFL is in the business of attracting eyeballs, and nobody, nobody attracts eyeballs more than the Chiefs do. And they are putting them on all the biggest broadcasts as many times as they can. It's insane. We have, what, six primetime games? Plus the yeah, Germany then, game. Yeah, plus the Germany game, which isn't technically primetime, but... But feels I mean, like a big deal. Noon on Christmas Day, that's that's primetime. You're a standalone game on national television. Same thing with the, the Germany game. Like, how many people are going to get up and watch that on NFL Network at 8.30 in the morning? I'm not sure. But it's a standalone game between two good teams. Should so we go to I that game, Nick? Yeah. You know, I think people were looking at flights. You could probably get a flight for about a thousand bucks. But the thing is, if you're going to go to Germany, you don't just go for two days. You know, you got to make a week out of it. So you got to block off like six or seven days to do it right. My dad's always wanted to go to Oktoberfest. I feel like we could like knock both of these out in like a two week stretch. Yeah, what's the actual date? November 7th and then... November... November 5th. 5th. November 5th. So, I don't know. What are we looking at? How what long is Oktoberfest? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, would, I, would assume, I would assume, based off the name, it's for the month of October, but... Okay, great. I didn't know if it was like a specific week. Do you like that they put the Dolphins game in Germany? Okay, I was going to ask you this. Um, cause a lot of people wanted this to be at Arrowhead. Tyree kills been talking a lot of smack on Twitter about this, wanting to come back to Arrowhead. Um, I'm a little sad that we're not going to get to like whip some dolphin tail at home, but if we do it in Germany, I'm still good with it. I it's mean, kinda, we have great games at home of? this season, so I'm not like super upset about this one. Remember when we were talking about the draft and we were talking about, you know, would the Chiefs trade out of the first round? Mm -hmm. And I think you said, 
it would be really cool for Clark Hunt to come up, like like the way it played out. Yes. For him to go up there and announce the pick. In front of the home crowd. Of, right after winning the Super Bowl. But is that moment going to trump all the other moments from the draft or all the other moments from the Super Bowl? Probably not. I kind of feel the same way about the Dolphins. It's like, yeah, I wanted that moment of Tyreek coming on the field and having that sort of marquee matchup. Right. But all in all, that won't be the defining moment of the season. You know, that's just going to be a footnote. And I think it's really cool. It's really cool that they're doing this in Germany. And I I think this too, it's important to note about, about European games. They've been doing these London games forever. And it's sort of been a mixed bag because the NFL is not, it's not the same in England as it is in America, obviously. But in Germany, the NFL is really popular. And last year they sent the Bucks with Tom Brady and they sent the Seahawks specifically because the Seahawks, oddly enough, are like one of the most popular teams in Germany. Don't ask me why. They just are. Weird. But the NFL is the second biggest sport in Germany. It's not the second biggest sport in England. So I feel like the league is looking at these Germany games with maybe more importance than they do the London games because they say there are legitimate football fans in Germany. I don't want to give them Jaguars versus Browns. I want to give them a good matchup because we want to grow the game in Germany, maybe in a way that we can't in England. And this is just the price of being the best team and the best show in the NFL is the league is going to use you. They want to put you front and center whenever they have a big event. They view these Germany games as big events. So it's tough to complain. Like if you don't want to play in Germany, then don't be so freaking good. Like don't have Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and don't win the Super Bowl because this is the cost of of success. And I think it's a small price to pay. This game is going to be epic. The one last year was epic. The entire crowd of how many thousands of people singing Sweet Caroline. Is that what they were singing? They stuck around for three hours and did like the world's biggest karaoke party after it the game. It was awesome. And even that yeah. that game, you saw like so many Mahomes jerseys out in the crowd. Like for the Chiefs to go do this game in Germany, oh, I want to go. It's going to be I think unreal. I think here's my prediction for that game. I think the Chiefs fans who aren't able to make the trip, which is obviously going to be a lot, a lot of people are going to be sitting there watching that game and seeing the atmosphere and then telling the person next to them, if the Chiefs are playing in Germany next year, we're going. And that's the type of reaction that the NFL wants to get from these games is to say, hey, there's a whole new experience that we're creating overseas with big NFL games in venues that have never had NFL games in front of fans that have never seen an NFL game. We're going to grow the sport that way. And you're going to get people from America to go over there to be a part of something new. So I'm kind of excited for it, honestly. Like it's cool to like, it would be, it would be really cool if it was the chiefs versus the bears or the Chiefs versus the Lions. But to have a really good matchup like that over there, I think that's going to be something different we haven't seen. Originally, we thought it might be the Bears, right? I saw that rumor going around. Yeah, because I think a lot of people just assumed they weren't going to take one of the Chiefs' best games out of Arrowhead. Oh, true. But hey, Clark Hunt's a company man, right? <laughs> and the Chiefs are the Chiefs are established in Germany. Like every team yes. has like their territory. The Chiefs have an office in Germany. 
So I think they're sort of invested in being there and playing good games there as well. I'm excited about this uh, game at Lambeau, Sunday Night Football, on my birthday. That's one I oh, want to really? go to. Yeah, you should I've go never to been to one. Lambeau. That's on the bucket list. It'll be a cold one, December 3rd. I know. I know. That's the problem. But the, it'll be fun. The, the Lions to open the NFL season. Yes. I, I kind of <laughs> see that when people thought the Lions were going to be potentially the Germany game, I think they then thought they were going to open the season with Chiefs-Dolphins. Oh. So let me ask you this. Would you rather have it the way it is or would you mm. prefer the Lions game to be in Germany and the Chiefs to open the NFL season at home versus the Dolphins? Oh, gosh. Like if you could swap those games, would you do it? No, because I want to give Germany a good game. And also, we can't sleep on the Lions. They're, we saw what they did last year. They're not, I mean, I feel very confident that we will win game one, but again, we can't just think we're going to skate through it. Well, I don't know. remember what happened week one last year when we just absolutely trounced the Cardinals in Phoenix? I don't yes. think it's going to go quite that way. No. And yeah, the Lions. They showed some promise last year. I think they're going to have a much better season this year than they did last year. I don't know. I just feel like that's one that you can't just think you're going to roll right through. Am I crazy? What? No, the I Lions? think no, they, they're just a, they're a gutsy team. They're a really gutsy team. And remember what they did at the end of the season when they were out of playoff contention, spoiling trying yes. to spoil Aaron Rodgers and the Packers like last ditch effort to get into the playoffs. Like they will play hard. I don't know how good they're going to be. Right. They're a really tough football team. Let me be clear. I'm very confident we will win, but yes. Um, I mean, again, though, I, I could go either way. I would love to see the dolphins at home, but I also think it's going to still be a great game in Germany. So when you look at this schedule, what's the first game? your eyes track to what's the first game you look at and say, boom, that's the big one. That's the one I can't wait for. Well, I would say week seven at home with the chargers, but I mean, is Denver going to be better this year? Cause that's week six right before I'm mainly just looking at these home games because Eagles week 11, that'll be huge. That's going to be awesome. Actually. Yeah, that'll be um, after the bye, too. All these big after games the are towards game. the end of the season this year. Last year, I feel like we kind of got them out of the way, like, well, I don't know, three-fourths of the way through. I specifically remember one of the first podcasts we did on this show. We talked about the first six weeks. They were our hardest. And and you, I think we all did predictions, and you had them going 5-1 and one or 6-0. and oh. I said six and and no. No, I said, said five and one. Six we and said one. if they went four and two, it would be a success. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what they did. Now, we didn't think they would lose to the Colts in week three. But we thought that because at the beginning of the season, we didn't know the Cardinals were going to be as bad as they were. We didn't know the Colts were going to be as bad as they were. The Buccaneers, we thought were going to be a little bit better. We thought the Raiders were going to be a little bit better. We thought this was going to be a really tough schedule and the chiefs navigated it pretty easily. I don't see the same thing like the first 
six weeks of this season. I'm not saying it's a cupcake schedule, but at least on the surface, it doesn't feel like as daunting as the first six weeks did a year ago. Not at all. I think the daunting part's at the end of the season this year. Also, I completely skated past at Jets week four. That'll be interesting. Okay, so that's my answer, by the way. That's your first big one? That no, that's the game I'm most excited for in the yeah. entire schedule. The and entire it's not schedule. Because, well, it's not because I think the Jets are the best team. It's because we have been waiting for four years to see a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers showdown. You're right. He was remember he was out that years, game. Yeah. It was first it was the the uh immunization. Jordan Love, his mom sitting in the back, the back row the of the stands two years Arrowhead. ago. Yeah, uh, I think the year prior or two years prior was when Mahomes got injured, and so he didn't play that game when Aaron Rodgers was there. We're finally, fingers crossed, going to get the Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers matchup that we've been waiting for, and we're gonna get it on Sunday Night Football, which is the best broadcast in all of sports. Like, that game is one I am circling. That is the game I'm most excited for. I'm with you. I didn't – I that fully did not cross my mind. But, yes, you're right. The matchup we've all been waiting for in primetime, as it should be. That'll be a great game. I'm still nervous about, you know, the Bills, the Bengals – division games yeah that's so that's the next thing i wanted to talk about because last year we thought the beginning of the season was the toughest stretch i think you kind of answered it but what do you think is the toughest stretch if you had to circle like four games or six games on this schedule that you're like okay just get through that stretch four and two and i'll feel good (laughs) like from week 11 to week 18 (laughs) um pretty nervous about eagles at home That's a whole half of the – you just picked a whole half of the season. I know. Then we're on the road in Vegas. Not worried about that. On the road to Green Bay, not worried about that. At home against Buffalo. Mm. Um, On the road against Pats. No, not worried. At home against the Raiders, not worried. At home against the Bengals, a little worried. On the road at Chargers. I mean, that's kind of tough towards the end. I like having it harder in the beginning and then kind of like being able to take a breath. This is going to be – it's not the Those, easiest stretch. I look at the last five. I look at week 14 on. Yeah. Starting starting with the Bills at home, on the road at the Patriots, Raiders at home, Bengals at home, on the road at the Chargers. Mm-hmm. That five-game stretch could be the deciding factor whether or not you get the one seed. Yep. Whether or not you get a first-round bye. Because how many teams are you playing there that might be playing for the same thing? We expect the Bills and the Bengals to be in contention. Mm-hmm. The Patriots, even on a bad year, they're going to win nine games. Uh, they're not going to be a team that's just going to roll over. Like I expect the Chiefs to win that game. They'll be favored in that game. But I don't know what the Patriots are going to be cooking up this year. Same thing with the Raiders and the Chargers to end the season. You're not going to be in a position where, in all likelihood, you're going to be able to take the last week off or rest the starters unless you just absolutely crush it, which wouldn't surprise me because it's the Chiefs. And that's kind of the beauty of being the Chiefs is we can look at a tough schedule and say, ah, they get a tough schedule every year and they find a way. But in all likelihood, 
Like that last five games is going to determine all AFC. Yeah. Who's the one seed? Who's the two seed? Who's the three seed in the AFC? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That is, that's going to be tricky. I do like that what are, are, should be our hardest games are all at home. But then again, last year, as we know, we were playing better on the road. So, but again, having home field advantage for those, I think will hopefully work in our favor. We'll see. Who's the team on this schedule for the Chiefs that you look at and you say, okay, maybe on the surface, it doesn't look like a tough game. It looks like a game that isn't one of the marquee matchups. But when we get there, because this happens every year, right? There's a surprising team. That's be- The Jaguars were that team last year. Nobody expected the Jaguars to be any good. And then all of a right. sudden, you know, they kind of emerged late. And the Chiefs got them a little bit before they started to hit their strides. But that happens every year. There's a team that we're not really paying attention to that will you know, be a playoff contender by the time the Chiefs play them. Is there a team on this schedule that you feel like could be a good candidate for that? Hmm. I mean, other than the obvious ones? Yeah, so like a team that maybe – isn't expected to be a Super Bowl contender or isn't expected to be a player this year. I mean, I think going back to what you just said, the Jags, we have them on the road week too. Like they were tougher than expected. Um, yeah. What if they take a step forward? What if they all right. of a sudden emerge as being one of the top, you know, three or four teams in the AFC? And I don't Would think they you? like how that last game with us went. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> um, maybe the Jets too. You know, the team that I kind of look at and say, I'm not scared of them, Vikings. but I'm interested to see what happens. The Packers. Like, I know it's a bit of a stretch, maybe. But what if Jordan Love's good? <laughs> you know, like, Matt LaFleur's had things kind of humming there the four years he's been the head coach. What if, much like was the case when Aaron Rodgers took over, what if Jordan Love ends up being a decent quarterback? What if he ends up being a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the NFL? That might be good enough. And the NFC, which is paper thin, Kayla. Yep. What There's if the, the Packers end up being one of the top four teams in that conference? That's a good point. And there, I think there is something to be said about – I'm not going to diss Aaron Rodgers in any way. I think he's – a brilliant football player, but like when someone of that magnitude leaves and then all of a sudden like things just kind of start clicking. Cause like 
I don't know, the pressure's kind of taken off, the attention's taken off in a, in a way. I agree. I think there could be a major turnaround in Green Bay this year. Yeah, I think it Because there's just been so many eyes and talk and media and everything on them the last few years with all the Aaron Rodgers It kind of turned into a circus last year. Yeah, it's a circus. And now you can just kind of get back to, okay, not walking on on eggshells. There's no egos in the room. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of focus on on the plan. I'm not saying Jordan Love's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And there were a lot of things that weren't working in their favor last year. And there's still a lot of questions with that roster. Like, I don't know who he's going to be throwing to. Like, he's got Christian Watson and... Who are his weapons? They, they they drafted a wide receiver and two tight ends. So there's some things to figure out there. But Matt LaFleur has kind of proven that he's got a system that can win. We'll see if he can do it with Jordan Love. But that game being in Lambeau, end of the year, prime time, that could end up being a pretty exciting one, even though on paper it's not one of the top you know four or five games you'd look at right now. So I should definitely incorporate that into my birthday plans. I think so. Treat <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I just might. That'd be a fun one. I know. I was going to say it might not be the same with Aaron Rodgers not being there, but who knows? Like you said, it could be a good game. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, Nick, rookie minicamp began for the Chiefs, and Nate Taylor of The Athletic reported that much of the camp was geared towards second round pick Rashi, Rashi Rice. Brett Veach said he um, is hoping that Rice can eventually become a Juju Smith Schuster replacement. Are we buying the early hype? Yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say no for now. (laughs) I'm going to say no. And listen, like, it's so weird because you go back and you look at Juju's numbers from last year and on the spectrum of, like, number one wide receivers, it's not a crazy amount of production to replace. But I'm trying to remove stats from the equation, and I'm thinking about how they used Juju, this big physical receiver who just kind of did a lot of what Travis Kelsey does so well, which is find the soft spots in the zone, get turn around, catch the ball, move upfield. Juju was top 20, maybe top 15 in the NFL last year. I don't have the stats in front of me in yards after the catch, right? He wasn't beating teams over the top. He wasn't beating teams with speed. No big explosive plays downfield. Just kind of this big physical receiver across the middle, catching the ball, move upfield, move the chains. He had a very specific role. They weren't asking him to be Tyreek Hill or one of these prototypical superstar receivers that we see across the NFL. So from that perspective, could Rasheed Rice do some of that? Sure. And I think physically, he's a, he's a better athlete than Juju. He's not as big. Like, Juju's big. Juju's like 215. Rasheed Rice is, I think, 6'1", 205. So he's bigger, but he's really explosive. Had a 41-inch vertical. That was the best of any receiver that tested at the combine. But you go back and you have to look at what he did at SMU. And he was battling through an injury. So you take that into account as well. But he was a really inconsistent player. And as we saw last year with Sky Moore, not just a rookie receiver, but a rookie receiver coming from Western Michigan, from lower levels of competition, that's a big adjustment going from Western Michigan to Andy Reid's offense. (laughs) You know, it'd be like if you dropped me 
in Hong Kong and said, okay, you need to uh, learn the language. You need to learn how to drive. You need to get around. You need to do all these different things. Like it would be very difficult Figure for me out, to Nick. do that. Right. That's, that's, that's the learning curve that, that any rookie has, let alone one that's coming from lower levels of competition. And that's the same for Rasheed Rice. He's not coming from, you know, Alabama or Ohio state where they're running you know, offenses that are similar to what you'll be running in the NFL coming from SMU. I think it's going to be a big adjustment. And we've seen with Andy Reid in the past, he brings these young guys along slowly. I don't think Rasheed Rice is going to be an exception to that rule. So if he's advanced, I think that's great. But it's tough for me to imagine him having the type of impact that Juju had, who, albeit like the numbers don't jump off the screen at you, but he was really consistent and he had a really valuable role. I'm not sure Rice will be ready for that, at least in year one. The Juju Smith-Schuster comparison hurts a little bit, if I am being honest. Um, But yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think he's just going to go out there and suddenly be the star wide receiver. Um, That'd be great if he is. I'm all for it if it happens. But... Like you said, Andy Reid kind of takes his time with these guys, gets them comfortable in the playbook and the system, um, and then lets them loose. But and I mean, one if, thing we've and one thing we've ahead. seen too is that you know going to from two years ago to last year, Andy will change. He he will alter the offense based off his personnel. You know, some coaches have a scheme, and if the players change, the scheme stays the same. We're going to bring this new guy in. You're just going to fill this old role. They weren't running the same offense last year that they were running the year before. They changed it based off the personnel. And I think they're going to do that again this year. You're going to say, okay, who are our guys? All right, we know Travis does his thing. They want to get Kadarius Tony heavily involved. Yep. I think they bring Sky Moore along in year two. So maybe the offense this year is geared a little bit towards those guys' skill sets in a way that it wasn't last year. I don't think they just run it back with the same offense last year and say, okay, Juju's gone, insert Rasheed Rice. No, they're going to say, okay, who do we trust? Who is the most valuable? How do we access their strengths? So if that's throwing, you know, if that's Kadarius Tony being a three-level player and throwing to him all over the field, that's great. If that's Sky Moore, you know, being your go-to slot receiver across the middle and little short intermediate routes, that's great as well. But you gear the offense towards your players. You don't just plug players into the same offense. Andy's never done that, and I don't expect him to do it this year. And I think that's the right way to do it, and I think that's also why he's so successful, um, playing to each player's strength. Question for you, are you good with the wide receivers now? I'm nervous. (laughs) Well, it's like, okay, I'm nervous – to the extent that you can be nervous with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey. Correct. You know what I mean? But that's not to say that I think – like, I can say this with some with a level of confidence. This is probably, Kayla, it's probably the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. Really? But I don't, know how much that, I don't know how much it matters because of everything I just you, – you still have Travis Kelsey – who's going to get you 12 to 1300 yards. You still have Patrick Mahomes. Who's going to throw for 5,000. 
and you're still an offense that's probably good enough to win 12 games in a bad year. So if this off, if this wide receiver room is so bad that they can't be held to the same standards that they were last year, you take a minor step back and you're the, what, the sixth best offense in the NFL? Like, that's the floor for the Chiefs until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. But on paper, I think I'm justified in being a little bit nervous about the wide receiver room. I'm not nervous about the offense. Right. I'm just nervous about those receivers because I don't know who to trust. Who is in that room that you can point to and say, okay, I know what he does. I know how he fits because we've seen it before. Really, the only guy is MVS. And even he was sort of inconsistent in in how they used him because he's kind of a one-trick pony. He's a guy who's going to run post routes and he's going to run go routes and they're going to chuck the ball up to him 30 yards downfield. And that's great, but you can't build an offense on that. That just has to be a piece of what you do. So they seem to be hyping up Tony and I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic, but the injury concerns are real and we've just never really seen him used that way. But I mean, they're excited about him. So at this point, I'm just going to judge them based off what they're telling me. And if they're telling me he's the guy, then I guess I got to enter this season believing that he's going to have a really big year for this team because somebody's going to have to. Somebody is going to have to step up. It can't just be Travis Kelsey and the Miracles. Like one of those dudes is going to have to take a big step in 2023. Do you think that we make any other moves at wide receiver over the summer or is this it? Is this what we're I think this is it. I think this is it. I mean, unless you're holding out hope for a a DeAndre Hopkins. I was going to say, D-Hop's still out there. He is, but those those rumors have kind of quieted down for now. So at the time being, I have no reason to believe they're going to add anybody else. I mean, they have a full roster. It's just not the, it's just not the, the splashy it's names the that flashy, I think we were splashy for. ones we've seen in the past. Correct. Nope. Um, did you catch our, our buddy Andy on a, another podcast that shall remain unnamed? <laughs> I did. I did. I, well, I saw some social media clips, but I didn't hear the whole thing. I actually didn't listen to all of it. I just also watched the social media clips. I'm very curious as to which play is catching Kelsey. Did you catch that part? There's a play no, that we have named after the show he was on on E, which I watched every episode of like seven years ago. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I never watched the show. I was, oh, I loved E. And so then when he's on, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's our tight end. (laughs) That was before he was like Travis Kelsey. Yes. I mean, but it was like your, it was probably in his, what, second, third year? 
I mean, he was. Yeah, but he wasn't like superstar best tight end ever, Travis Kelsey. Correct. Um, but that show, you should find it online and go back and watch it. It's hilarious. I might have to. You know, it's a long off season, so maybe I'll make that a part of my <laughs> off season programming. <laughs> but Andy Reid was like teasing him about his show catching Kelsey, and then Travis said something like, "Well, it's come in handy for us." It's been a good play. And he's like, yes, it has. He's like the play, not the show. So we have a play apparently that's called catching Kelsey. I wonder which one it is. Andy and his play names, man. This guy's the creativity. Best. The best so in the great. biz. Okay. Well, really quick before we wrap this up, circling back to schedule release, do we want to give any predictions yet? Like, um, Give me, give me, give me 13 and four. Oh, I was going to say 14 and three. Still slightly more optimistic than you. They went 14 and three last year and they were just red hot to close the season. And so then which, which games are our losses? Do we think? Um, also, I love that we just said that after saying how I, we don't I have hate. wide receivers. <laughs> I hate it. Well, that's that's the thing, though. That's their floor. We're talking about, you know, Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP. It's just, what do you want me to say? Like, this is going right. to be the year it falls off. And it's people just, step up. People, I don't know. They just make everyone around them better. It's, yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know which games they're going to lose. Maybe they'll, I don't think they're going to lose an AFC West game. Uh, maybe they oh, lose. So we're going to still go, Okay. Maybe they lose to the Jets in week four. That's on the road. Um, they're not going to lose to the Eagles after the bye. Andy's so good after the bye. True. I like that. That's... Here's the thing. They and always we have drop a game. They ample amount of time because it's Monday night. Sorry. They lost to the Colts last year. They always lose a game that they're not supposed to. So Which game is that going to be? I don't know. Week one, Lions. Oh, no. Can you imagine? That's what I'm saying. Like They kind of make me nervous because – yeah, they're gritty, but and they're they just I think they were getting confident towards the end of last season. But I'm so yeah. worried. They always close strong, so I, I don't know. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to go make game by game predictions, but I'm I'm good with thirteen and four. How are you feeling about Bill's Bengals? Well, you know uh, the Bengals always make me nervous. Yep. So but those games are at home, and Burrowhead's right. dead, so I'm not even going there. <laughs> Burrowhead is so dead. That is so – I don't know. When was the last time they won there? So two seasons ago. Okay. Nick, anything else you want to add? The off season's here. Now we just sit around and wait for training camp. <laughs> but we're going to try to get some guests on. That's right. That's right. So stay tuned. Stay some tuned. Very special guests here on It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. We are looking forward to it, and you should too. So the offseason will not be boring. We promise. That's right. Okay. He is Nick Schwer. I am Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Bye.